Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon here on a Tuesday, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon and Ken Miller to talk sports with you for the next couple of hours. Appreciate you spending some of your morning here with us. Uh, the BMW of Des Moines guest list looks like this. We're going to uh, catch up. Um, we're going to talk some NBA draft. Uh, Chris Montour. We're also going to take a look when we have Chris Montour because he covers recruiting in a big, big way. Um, we're going to have him pick his brain on Iowa State, on Iowa, the incoming classes. I'm sure he's seen most of them. He's based in the Midwest, headquartered in Minnesota. Uh, so we'll pick uh, Monter's brains on a couple of things. Uh, the latest on Keegan Murray, where he's uh, the chatter, the buzz, uh, as far as his pro destination. He'll be up first at 10.30. John Cannon, who for the longest time uh, covered the NBA, whether it be in Phoenix or in uh, well, Golden State, San Francisco, Oakland area, he will opine on what we witnessed last night. As Golden State moves to within one game of uh, a championship. And then Joe O'Donnell, the voice of the Minnesota Wild. Stanley Cup playoffs are tomorrow, but we've got a busy day tomorrow. I thought we'd move him up to today. Want to get him in. Joe O'Donnell. Uh, will join us to help us out with Colorado and Tampa Bay coming up here at about 11.30. You know, as we um, think of Joe O'Donnell's career, obviously he was here, cut his teeth, paid his dues, and made it to the uh, to the show and uh, living out his dream calling NHL hockey. There's another guy here that's on a fast track, in my opinion. Oh, yeah? Yes. Do you know who that is? Are you going Alex Cohen? I am. And yeah. I don't, I'm not, I was not familiar with his work until recently. And that's a, that's a me problem. Um, well, so, you got to get in your car to well, listen you to the do. radio. That, when, that's true. Once you get to Ankeny at 1222, yeah, there's it's very, over. very few Cubs games uh, or I Cubs games. But I've, I've heard some of his stuff lately. A, he's really good. B, he's a really good baseball mind. So the basketball game went to halftime last night and I flipped over to Marquee to see how your play was doing, the uh, Padres. Mm hmm. And you, Darvish, who was terrific. Yes, he was. And Alex Cohen was in the booth with Boog uh, and JD talking about the Iowa Cubs down here. And apparently he showed up on Marquee Network afterwards. Um, and he was he's good. Yeah. He's not long for Des Moines, if indeed. Look, Dean Ellis could have left here many times, mm-hmm. right? The former voice, of, the longtime voice of the Iowa Cubs. And um Made made a home here and 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 called I Cubs baseball for decades. I don't know what Cohen's plans are, his goals are, but if it is indeed MLB, I think he's going to achieve that sooner rather than later. He's really good. Once you get in there, it's very difficult to get one of those jobs. Uh-huh. And, you know, I think a there's guy, only thirty of them. You're right, like Chris Atterbury, who we've had on the mm-hmm. air era on the air many times Up in, in the, the Twin past. Cities. And Stanford grad, smart dude. Mm-hmm. He has been with the Twins Radio Network now for 12 years, 15 really just years. Just waiting? But Corey Provis isn't going anywhere. How old is he? Provis, he's mid-40s. Oh, he's got a lot of, yeah. a lot of career left. And those jobs, they just don't open up. Mm-hmm. And you're waiting, and you're biding your time, and, and opportunities come, and you can probably go and be that second voice, if you will, mm-hmm. on the radio side somewhere else, but... Just find a spot and and hope that you get one of those calls. It's an incredibly difficult grind. Oh no doubt. Do you know Cohen? I don't. I've never met him. Neither no. have I. You know what? We're gonna um, 
I think I'll reach out to Bertie. I'm going to have him on. They're home this week. Yes, they are. So maybe uh, maybe on Thursday we'll see if we can track him down and have him on because he's good and he was terrific on TV and it was good to see him getting his opportunity last night because he is a kid to, to me, anyways. Uh, that looks he's uh, that he's going to be able to live out his dream. All right, let's get the basketball from last night, Trent Condon, and man, <laughs> not sure we saw the. Um, when, if, if I was to sit here yesterday and tell you that Steph Curry's not going to make a three for the mm-hmm. first time in 233 games. Yeah. Um, first and time oh, by ever the way, in the playoffs. Right. And oh, by the way, the Warriors are going to miss 31 threes. Mm-hmm. How much did Boston win by? Right. Well, they didn't. They lost by 10. How does Boston... I mean, Boston's got to be sick to their stomachs here today. Knowing that the that Golden State was as bad as they were from behind three, the three-point line, and yet Golden State's one win away from another championship. It's pretty simple. 18 turnovers again. Mm-hmm. We talked about that stat, I think, leading it, into the it's finals. Been a, it's been a huge problem for them. When the Celtics are 15 and over in turnovers, mm-hmm. they're awful. Yep. And when they don't, they're good. That's what happens when you don't have a pure point guard. You don't have a traditional point guard. You don't have not even a Chris Paul, but just guy... Knows how to ignite the offense. Yeah. 18 turnovers versus six last night, and that's the difference. And also, of course, Wiggins. I mean, Trent, come on. Where yeah. did this come from, right? Nowhere. He's, I mean, you, you would never anticipate. We went to Golden State. It was all right. This is a good uh-huh. organization. They'll, Give him another chance right. to live up to that number one overall pick. That He'll he unlock something. He'll be mm-hmm. better in Golden State than he was in mm-hmm. Minnesota. But this dude... Ugh. What he's doing on the defensive end, what he's doing rebounding. He's had his best two rebounding games of his career in his last two games. And even in a night where he's not hitting his shot, he's struggling from behind. He impacted the game in so many different Mm -hmm. ways. Putting the ball on the floor and just taking it to the rim. That talent that's always been there. It's never been a talent question with Wiggins. There's, is it drive? Is it motivation? You said the right word. It seems like he didn't have the instinct, the drive. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think it kind of comes with his birth certificate because that's how a kind of our citizen base is. Yeah, we just kind of put our heads down and go through life. You know, <laughs> right. don't want to cause great new waves. We're just happy people. <laughs> and Wiggins seemingly didn't have that instinct, you know, to take a game by the you know what's and took over. He did yesterday. You need a little dog in you, right? You do, and. He never seemed to be that guy, and you didn't think that would ever happen. The talent, yeah, Golden State would make him better, but this dude, never, ever did I anticipate that they would be able to unlock this version Mm -hmm. of Andrew Wiggins. And here he is in a day where Steph struggled. Clay had moments. Certainly looks a lot better than he did earlier. Well, he's the only starter that hit a three, Clay. (laughs) Yes. He had five uh, of them. Maybe got away with the push-off on on that three (laughs) of the wing. But it was just a night where, all right, second half starts. Boston can't miss. Mm-hmm. After starting 0 for 12, they hit mm-hmm. 8 straight. The first one they miss, they get the offensive and rate. It's Golden three. State, who's known as a third-quarter team. And they take control. And then Golden State stops the run. And I love the way Steve Kerr uses his timeouts. We complain about this during the winter a lot. When we're watching our in-state teams, mm-hmm. Iowa and Iowa State, mm-hmm. about the usage of timeouts. Right. right. He is an absolute wizard. How many times do we say, yeah, it took the timeout to end the run? But the run's already happened. That's not Steve Kerr. No, he gets, he, he's in front of it. When he feels it, just yep. this could go right away. We're not messing around. Mm-hmm. And I think Yudoka should have done that at the end of the third mm-hmm. quarter. He used a timeout. I think he should have used what the second What did he get timeout. teed up for? Do you know what the, the magic... It was It was because Marcus Smart wouldn't shut the blank up. Is that I mean, what it just, was? He just kept going and going, mm-hmm. and you knew he couldn't lose it. And two of the officials on the floor didn't know that a technical was called. Right. And, and I think he was just, all right, I'm going to take over because mm-hmm. Marcus won't shut up. Right. And that's... 
that's a part that you get out of him. Now, Draymond also won't shut up. Mm-hmm. They won't give him a team. He was really good early in that game last night. Draymond he was. Green was. And he was impactful. Mm-hmm. And even with the diminished skills that we've seen, and certainly shooting the basketballs now, it's five straight games without him hitting three. I mean, think, go, think back four, five, six years when they were at their peak and Draymond, that top of the key three, oh. it's just money. Yep. He can't hit it anymore. No. <laughs> Yet he can still impact the game yep. in so many different ways. But that stretch, after Golden State kind of figured it out a little bit, slowed down the run, and the back and forth, from about the what seven minute mark, maybe of the third quarter to the end of the four, end of the third quarter was as good a basketball. I tweeted last night as maybe I've seen in a month. That was just entertaining. Both teams grinding, playing defense, making shots. It was as good a basketball as we've seen in such a long time. Now the fourth quarter came and it was over. I had a couple open mm-hmm. looks for Boston. They couldn't knock him down, and the Golden State took control. And you know those times where you're thinking, all right, has Boston got a little run in there. It was Tatum. Tatum is now shooting. 30% from the floor from two-point range. And in today's NBA, this is not pull-up 19-footers. You're either getting mm-hmm. to the rim or it's a runner. No, he has to be better, Trent. He has to be better. 30% on two-pointers mm-hmm. in this series. That's not good enough. And we talked about the turnovers, the drives, and, and getting stripped. How many times oh, did Boston? Him and Brown. Just go in there and get it taken away. It was, it was some ugly basketball there. Is this thing over? No. I don't think is so. Is that either. my head? Or is that my heart? I want this to go. I think Boston will win, and they're what, a three, three and a half point favorite? Three and a half is what I saw this morning. Yep. Uh, in game number six, which is Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I don't think it's, I don't think it's over. I, I don't. I think Boston, look, they were overwhelmed. Golden State came out uh, right out of the gate and just, just took it to them. Took it to them. Um, outscored them by 11 in the first quarter. They were up by, what, oh, 16 or something early uh, in, in the basketball game. I don't believe that the series is over. I do think we'll get a Game 7 on Sunday night. But, um, look, Tatum's going to have to be better. He's going to have to be better. Smart, smart. Um, you know, that's... He wasn't awful last night by any means. No, it was the frustration level went to another level mm-hmm. for him. And what did you think, little Kerluffle, as Draymond was going over trying to hit yeah. the basketball from? Yeah, I know it just it's, it's unnecessary. It's, it, that's it him, is. though. But that's him. That is him. Yeah. Yes, he is a provocateur. Uh-huh. That's what he right. does, and yeah. it's bothersome if you don't have a rooting interest as either of us do. He's just annoying. He just <laughs> he's just an annoying guy, and that's who he is, and that's his DNA. I get it, but they're just times. Just stop. Let's just enjoy some basketball. No, you're right. Uh, let's get Jeff in here. He'd like to opine. Jeff, welcome to the program. How are you? Good. You know, I think you guys should make me the NBA like your your running partner with some with some things, uh, just as a a little joke. But here's a couple things that I think you guys have missed. Uh, number one. Jordan pulls three at the end of the third quarter. Mm-hmm. I thought that changed right. the game. I, I, did, I didn't think that. he got it off. Did you think he got it off? I did uh, no, not. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I mean, when they when you watch it back, it looks a lot closer uh-huh. than it was. But I thought he got it off with point one left. But that changed that forty footer. The momentum was shifting. Mm-hmm. The Celtics come out eight for eight from three at the end of the third quarter. That was a huge shout. And you know, with Jordan Poole, how about Gary Payton defensively? Jordan Poole. And Gary Payton Jr. getting 29 points collectively off the bench is huge. Yeah, and Boston got – how many Boston get off their bench? They got very little off their bench. Derek White, who's averaging 15, 16, got three. Uh, Williams and there was a couple of junk. There was a couple of garbage time threes in the game from their bench, I think, right? Yeah, Cornette hit one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
late as right, I, I was seeing if they could get back into it because I had a live bet with the Celtics oh, at one you? point. Yeah, so I was watching there to the bitter end, hoping for that one. Peyton Pritchard, who, a guy who where's he, he been? He was jawing a lot I mean, a couple of series ago. This is what I do. Mm-hmm. Well, what you do right now is crap your pants when you come mm-hmm. on the floor. He did not look like they make a shot. Yeah, Pritchard and Williams. Williams has been hitting huge corner threes for them. He gave them nothing. Now I know bench players do better at home, but when you have a game like that. When you guys have touched on a Curry not missing, not making one three in four years. Let that soak in. Two hundred thirty-three games. That's, that's unbelievable, yes. right? But here's what Curry does that he doesn't get respected. I've been telling you guys this for the last couple of weeks. His ball handling is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. His passing is unbelievable. His defense, no, yep. it is not great. No, it but you know better, what? It's better but, than I thought. It, 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 it's got a lot better. He's been working on it. He does so many things that I think a lot of normal fans don't see. But here's the great thing about great teams, like you guys touched on. Clay Thompson stepping up. Gary Payton stepping up. Uh, Poole stepping up. That's what really great teams do. But you better believe game six, if we're talking about a zigzag theory, you don't, if you don't think Steph Curry is going to come ready to play after that performance he had come Thursday night, mm-hmm. I think you're sadly mistaken. And I'm yeah, going you'll be right. I think, I think Golden State's winning outright. And they're going to win in Boston in Game Six. Thank you, guys. Jeff, thanks for the call. I make a good point. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you you got to think that Steph Curry's not going to put back to back goose eggs on the board from behind three. You uh, know who's going to come trotting out of that locker room, and I'm not talking about a moment where somebody comes out. It's going to be Scott Foster. He's going to be there. The extender's oh, going to be there. God. We're going to get a Game Seven. You know what? I hope he is there. <laughs> it's good for business. Right? It's great because that would be Sunday night. Yeah, Sunday yeah, night. Yep. Yeah, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Scott Foster. Never thought of that angle, but it, there could be something to it. When do we find that out? Might want to lock uh, in my bet right now with you know Boston what? laying the That's points. That's a good question. When would we? How would we find that out? Because it's not till the day of no, the game. No, it's not till the day of the game when right. the notes come out when, yeah. when you see that. Uh, Got to jump in front. Yeah, interesting. So three and a half right now across the board. Is that what you're seeing? Yeah, that's uh, that's what it was this morning. Let me uh, pull it up and see where it is everywhere at this point as we go to live odds, NBA, da, 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 basketball, NBA. It is some fours out there. DraftKings has it at four. South Point has it at four. Three and a half is the number at uh, Circa currently. But yeah, a lot of fours. Four, three and a half. Wait, what's what your go to site for that now? Because Vegas Insiders totally changed. Yeah, it and I hate it. It's, it's terrible. terrible. I go to Wager Talk. Wager Talk? Yep, Wager Talk. And the reason I do it is because Circa is their first listed there okay. also. But they have the Westgate, they have South Point, they have DraftKings, Caesars, WinBet, and then a couple of offshores also, which are always interesting to look at. Luckily, we don't have to use those anymore, but those numbers can be a little bit different offshore. So that's the one that I go to, wagertalk.com, and just click on the live odds. Uh, you're going to get sick of Chet and I talking about this, so we apologize in advance. But uh, until we fill up these rooms at Circa, we're going to continue to talk about it because we've got an opportunity for our listeners uh, to get a pretty good break on a hotel room in Vegas in the, in the month of August at either Circa or the D. The dates are August 17th through the August 7th through the 17th? Yeah, you can use this promo code during that whole right. 11 days, the 7th through the 17th of August. And it's not like it's unlimited. Uh, it's, uh, there's unlimited space. Look, f- for starters, if you've seen the property itself, there's a, half the hotel is, is is not even been developed yet. Right. They haven't. There, there's, I mean, I think the, what floor was I on? 32 or something like that? But above us, there's room for another 30 floors that they haven't even developed. So point being, if you do want a break, you got it when you when you go to, you know, you're filling out your room, you're reserving your room, and there's a promo code box, 
99 times out of 100, you don't have a promo code to put in. You do. If you're, if you're uh, looking to get to Vegas at some time this summer, MC20 for Miller Condon 20. You'll save 20% in either Circa or the D during the period of time from August the 7th to August the 17th. I'm going to get there on the 9th. You're getting out there on, on Tuesday. Tuesday the 9th. You get there Thursday the 11th. Yep. And uh, we've got a, um, a couple of events. Friday night, we're going to be at Bar Canada, which is a huge bar, uh, kind of a meet and mingle there. And then Saturday, you guys have a massive cabana mm-hmm. at Stadium Swim, uh, which your room key gets you into Stadium Swim. And um, so if, if, you, if, you wanna, if you're looking, you're going to Vegas this year, this summer, but you don't have any firm dates, if you're looking at a, want a break in your hotel rooms, August 7th through the 17th, if you want to stay downtown, and there's no reason not to. I was a strip snob forever. Never thought I'd stay downtown in my life. You kidding me? Uh, it's great. It's just a blast. And it's as good a place to watch people as much as anything. Um, and just there's something for everybody, right? It's crazy. I'm uh, very excited about this trip. We're going to have a great time. Of course, we'll do our show live from the VEASAN studios on Friday morning. Then afterwards, if you're interested in signing up for the football contest, we're going to have some people there that will help you out because you need to get a proxy. Mm-hmm. So you sign up for the contest. You're going to do Circa Survivor. I'm going to do Circa Millions this year. I pick five games against the spread every week in the NFL. You'll just have to pick a winner every week to yeah. stay alive. You know what? I'm kind of thinking I'm, I'm going to look for a partner. Oh, okay. You know why yeah. I am? Because I hate betting single games. Sure. I'm not good at it. And it would be embarrassing as hell um, to be yeah. out after week one. Yes, it would. And, and I, I would give you so much oh, credit. It happened before. I was working with Dyers, like 2000, 2001. And we, it wasn't a circa millions, mm-hmm. but it was a pretty, it was a, it was, I remember it was a significant buy in. And I took the Vikings week one. I was done. Just like that. Just done. I mean, yeah, that stinks. That stinks. So I want to, I want to get a football expert. It's going to help you out a little yeah. bit. Yeah. What's, um, and then you got to map it out too. That's another mm-hmm. part with the survivor contest is so intriguing because I think most everybody, you know, at least where the survivor contest are played in them. Once you use a team, they're done. But it's not just the 18 weeks of the NFL schedule. That's the tricky part. You got Thanksgiving. That's mm-hmm. its own week. Christmas Eve, Christmas mm-hmm. Day. That's its own week. So you have to map it out. It's over 20 weeks, basically, is how they have it set up here. You got to make sure that you have teams saved. If you're making a run and you're getting in, it's week nine. Oof. and You're looking ahead here a couple of weeks. I got Thanksgiving and I've already used the Bills and the Bills play the Lions that day. <laughs> Or do you hold on to the bills, knowing that that's going to be coming? So much strategy. You have to look at that part of it, too, and kind of map out what you're going to do. That's what makes this uh, so much fun, I so intriguing. I think I'm going to reach out to Justin Smool. He's a pretty good handicapper. That's a good one. Right? Absolutely. And that's another thing that i got some buddies that are also heading out that weekend. They're going to do is they're going to all pull together. There's a group of five that are each going to pay 200 bucks for the entry as opposed mm-hmm. to the $1,000. And then each of them is going to pick one game a week in the NFL. So they're going to go that route and split it up that way. So you can go a lot of different routes to do it. Uh, $1,000 is the entry fee for each of these contests. A chance at winning millions of dollars. And I'm into it. And if you get off to a bad start in the one that I'm going to do, the pick five a week, the millions. They have, got some time. They've got so many thresholds right. throughout the season where they pay out. And I get a hot run in the second quarter. Uh-huh. Got a chance to win some money there. Yeah. So there's a lot of different ways to win money. It's a very, very fun way. But we're going to have people there that will help you out the proxy process. You can Google it, too, and find out. You can set up and reserve. But we'll do that after our show on Friday. Check out the sports book. We can hang out there for a while. And then, as you mentioned, Friday night we'll be over at the D at Bar Canada. And if you want to save some money, I know for some people, you kind of get sticker shock when you look at some of the prices. You know, circa, right now, at least the listed prices, 
259. So it's even gone up since we first started talking about yeah. this. So, so don't hesitate. No, absolutely. But you get 20% off again. Mm-hmm. But at the D right now, that weekend, it's a little more price efficient, we'll say. That weekend to stay at the D, Thursday night's $49. It's 119 over the weekend. Plus, you get your 20% off. And if you do book your hotel room at the D, Obviously, you can still go to Circa, but you still get into Stadium Swim right. at no cost. You just show your room key, and you get in there also, owned by the same group, mm-hmm. Derek Stevens and company. So you'll have that opportunity. If you want to save a little bit of money, stay at the D, and we'll still have a great time. No, I, I can't wait. can't wait to get out there. Uh, it's going to be it's gonna be hot, but it's hot here, for crying out loud, right? <laughs> it's hot in the studio. Yeah, it's a dry heat, though, Trent Condon. <laughs> Sponsored by WCI Pools and Spa. <laughs> Hey, anyways, uh, good stuff. So baseball last night, your twins got off on the right foot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buxton with another home run. Um, He's just hot. You got to love it. Got to love it. You wrap him in bubble wrap when he gets back. And, you know, when the game's over, they played nine. Wrap him in bubble wrap and make sure he's, he's, he's so good. Yes. He's so good, but he's so snake bit for crying out loud. If he if can put it together as far as a health healthy season man look out he's on pace for 45 home runs is that right first time you saw byron buxton no i would have told you he had no, 30 no, home runs no no chance no maybe 20 at some point yeah, yeah. maybe a, little a lot of bags run down a lot of balls wow you when he's playing center field if you get 125 games of byron buxton with that kind of production that he's had you know what they'll win the division they'll win the division if they get 125 games like that out of byron buxton i was talking yesterday uh to somebody and how are your twins doing we were talking about the twins a little bit they said so still nervous about the white Sox." i heard you talk about that quite a few times mm-hmm. i think i'm more nervous about the guardians i really am jose yeah. ramirez has been an absolute stud. well the white Sox needed that win last night they did. did you they see were... la Russa in the post-game press conference no i did not I just had his pants unbuttoned, just lounging in, <laughs> lounging in his office. There's a lot of national folks calling for his job. Will it happen? That's a great question for Cappy tomorrow. Yeah, we're going to get Cap tomorrow. Look forward to. Uh, well, you'll be playing. You're teeing off at the time we get Cappy tomorrow. Yeah. So we're at Briarwood tomorrow. That's where we're going to be. Yeah, our event out there with Graphite Construction Group. Mm-hmm. It is uh, setting up uh, some some positives for the Puppy Jake Foundation. I know Simon up the hall, he does a lot of work with them, but uh, yeah, that's where the proceeds are going to be. And afterwards, they have a meet and greet there at Briarwood, and everybody, the public's invited, so if you want to stop out, that'll start at 4 o'clock after we wrap up golf, but going to get out there and swing it around a little bit. It's mm-hmm. been a month and a half. It'll be my second round out there. Don't think it's going to be very pretty, but going to have fun. That, that's what I'm shooting for. Not to win, I'm going to have the most fun on the course. Well, good stuff. So, uh, we're, by the way, tomorrow at 10.30, our friend Matt Rudy is going to join us. Look forward to catching up with him. Did you see Mickelson's subdued press conference yesterday? Um, guarded. Yeah. It is probably the best way to describe him. Certainly not as boisterous. Like, this was one of the most popular, if not the most popular, at least for a period of time, player on the tour. Mm-hmm. Fair to say? Absolutely. I wonder how far he's fallen in people's eyes. I wonder what the crowd's going to be like. Well, it's the U.S. Open. It is. But so, it's not the Masters, where everybody no, is applauded. No. That, yeah. It's oh, also I see, not... Oh, that way. I see what, yeah. what, what kind of reception he's yes. going to get. That's kind of where I'm going. It's not the waste management either. No. <laughs> it's different. It's but... not going to be... Um, he's, not, he's, he's never going to be the same, seen the same again, I don't think. Look, Dustin Johnson could care less, right? Mm-hmm. Most times he doesn't even sure what state he's in. Um, he he's is, a hell of a golfer. He is. A hell of a golfer. He's aloof. I mean, he's made millions of dollars. Bit dull. But Phil Mickelson went out of his way, seemingly, to seek the adoration of the, of the public. Um, 
it's not there anymore. It's just not going to be there anymore. Now he's he's at the end of his career. Mm-hmm. Um, but it'd be interesting to see what you know what what kind of reaction some of the uh, some of the people that are at the tournament have to uh, to watching Phil Mickelson tomorrow. It's at Brookline, Boston suburb. Mm-hmm. There'll be some boisterous people there. Yep. Sam Adams will be flowing. Oh, yes, it from will Boston. Be. <laughs> exactly. That's something to keep an eye on uh-huh. coming up this uh, this week. So, do you like anybody tomorrow? Have you bet anybody yet? Uh, I got a couple of guys, a couple longer shots that I zeroed in, and I haven't dug deep into the favorites at this point. But Max Homa, I'm going to jump back on the train with mm-hmm. him. Uh, Daniel Berger, I know I, I got a couple of bucks on him. So they, those got to be both good prices. They're both fifty to one. Uh-huh. So that's kind of my mid-range picks that I'm liking right now. And Shane Lowry is another one that has me intrigued. He's thirty-five to one. He's played just so well. Mm-hmm. He set up. I think well also for a U.S. Open. So of kind of that next tier after your top group, those are three of guys that I've been. Brookline's long, right? Not as long not as, as most long? U.S. Open. Okay. Small greens. Yes, that's true. Very small mm-hmm. greens, and it's U.S. Open rough, and it sounds like they have not tampered things down a little bit. It's not at the level it used to be, the U.S. Open, where it got to a point where it was, it was unfair. Asked. Right. Yeah, it was unfair. I mean, incredibly dry. The greens were uh-huh. like hitting on cement, and then he had the ridiculous rough along with it. it I don't think they... What was it? Five, six years stretch where they, we want par to be the champion. Yeah, they tricked it out. And we're going mm-hmm. to do everything possible to make it as difficult as possible. It's still tough. It's still the toughest championship that they put on at the major tour level. But if you play well, it feels like you're not going to be penalized. I mean, how many of those shots do we see? Great shot and just rolls off. And then the guy's back in the backside of the green and, and has no chance to even get up and down. There were so many of those moments. That, that seems to have dissipated throughout the years at the Open. And that's a good thing. That That's definitely a positive to go that route. I like to see a tough course. I like to see things be as difficult as possible for these guys for one weekend a year. But don't trick it up, as you said. Right. And they certainly have been. All right. We're going to talk to Chris Montour next. Uh, college basketball news. We will pick his brain on some of the incoming recruits for Iowa and Iowa State. Miller and Condon, 106.3. 210 4th Street. Now back to Miller and Condon. On 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM, here's Ken and Trent. All right, 10.35, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. But looking forward to this. We'll get into the football news from yesterday, recruiting-wise, coming up here at some point. Iowa State lands a couple, the Hawks counter with a running back, a four-star out of Florida. So we'll do that uh, at some point during the program. Right now, our friend Chris Monter, so good on the NBA draft, covers high school, covers AAU. And last time we we spoke to him, uh, we ran out of time and mentioned we are going to pick his brain on some of the uh, newcomers, incoming uh, kids from uh, from the Midwest. And, and Chris is back with us. Chris Trenton, Ken, as always, Chris. We sure appreciate you finding time for us. How are you? Nice to be back with you. How are you? I know, just to bring up real quick, I know Minnesota fans, football fans across the board there are pretty excited. They got five commits over the weekend. Did they really? Uh, wow. Big, big week for a lot of the Big Ten and Big 12 schools. P.J. Fleck making uh, making a haul uh, over the weekend. Well, let's start with uh, two in your backyard, uh, two incoming uh, for T.J. Otzelberger, Eli King, uh, and Demarion Watson. I didn't realize this. He's also a Minnesota kid. Uh, so why don't you start with those two? Then we, we are going to get into the NBA draft. want to hear what you are hearing as far as Keegan Murray, etc. But King and Watson, first of all, what are the Cyclones getting? Yeah, I think they're getting two good players, two winners, you know, uh, Eli King, an outstanding football player as well, was recruited by Notre Dame, Iowa, Minnesota for football as well. So big time athlete. 
had the injury that he suffered, but seemed to make a complete comeback. Caledonia has been a power in both football and basketball the last couple of years with several of the King brothers. They're very familiar with the Iowa State uh, head coach, have a great relationship with him because of his time at South Dakota State, where a couple of those players spent time uh, and were recruited by him. So I think they felt very comfortable, uh, Eli did, with Iowa State, the proximity, uh, you know, it's closer to Minnesota. I know a lot of Minnesota fans were, you know, hoping that he would come here. And uh, Coach Ben Johnson at Minnesota has kind of made a, a commitment to keep the top in-state players because that was really what eventually caused uh, Richard Bertino his job. They didn't win enough, and they didn't uh, get some of the top players who went on to have success elsewhere. So I think he'll be an outstanding player, a big-time athlete. If you watch some of the highlight videos, very athletic and shoot from range, uh, good quickness, can be a good defender as well. He's a little bit stronger, I think, for the Big Big 12, which is a little bit of a physical league. Uh, but I think he'll be a great player. Uh, Demarius Watson, uh, a very talented player, a team that won the 3A title. They had an outstanding team. They had uh, a, lot of, a lot of talent on the team. They had a Johnny Lee, who ended up signing with St. Thomas in Vision 1 School down here in Minnesota. But Iowa, Florida, Kansas, Minnesota had offered him at one time. Tayson Chapman, who's the number one high school player in the state of Minnesota, top 30, 40 player was the point guard on that team. They have Tommy Humphreys, a very talented player, and then a 6'9 player, Patrick Bath, who's gotten some D1 offers. So played on a team that had five, five Division One players, so a very talented team. The one knock I would have, it was not really on Watson, it was just the way they used him, uh, because they had some size with Lee and also with Patrick Bath, two players who were you know 6'9 or bigger. Watson, they really utilized as a three-point shooter, which I thought, he did a great job on that, but I would like to see them be utilized a little bit more as an inside player. A lot of times he sat on the three-point line and shot threes, and he had a couple of games where he had seven or more threes, so he did a great job there. But I always felt like he didn't get utilized completely the way he should. But I think he'll be an outstanding player for uh, Iowa State, and to be honest, some of those skills are probably going to help him more in the college player game. I just think at a high school level, when you have two six nine plus guys and a six six guy, and your guard is 6'5", and your other striding guard was 6'3", you, know, you could have created some more matchup problems. But I think Iowa State has done a great job recruiting Minnesota kids the last couple of years. Kyle Green, who I'm really good friends with, uh, an assistant coach at Iowa State, did a great job uh, recruiting in-state kids. They have Daniel Freetag, a player who Minnesota just offered for football as well as basketball. His offers right now in basketball are Minnesota, Wisconsin, Iowa State, and most recently Baylor. So he's done a great job recruiting those kids, and I think – fans on the Cyclones will be very excited about those two players coming in next year. Chris, you mentioned Taysen Chatham, and the reason I bring him up is I know both Iowa and Iowa State have offered. Now, Kansas, Louisville, LSU also involved, but 6'4", combo guard, can play the point there. Really, really good prospect for next year's class. Do you give the Cyclones or the Hawkeyes any chance of even getting a visit from Taysen Chatham? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, obviously the, the closest factor, you know, if you're a kid who doesn't necessarily want to stay in state or go to the local school, uh, he will, you know, might look at those two schools as being, you know, close, you know, uh, obviously Des Moines, about three hour drive, Iowa city, a little bit farther, but still fairly close, but you're right. I think some of the bigger schools getting involved lately, especially Kansas the national championship, uh, team, that would be very intriguing. He was actually at the Minnesota team camp. I didn't get a chance to talk to him there. Uh, just respecting them a little bit. Uh, and they had a big high school event that they were originally going to play in that they didn't. I was hoping to talk to them Sunday, but he, they didn't play there. But they have a really big uh, event this weekend. 
as far as I know, some of the top Iowa players might be playing in, in as well. Uh, the Minnesota High School Basketball Coaches Showcase. Normally, the last couple of years, in top North Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota, Iowa, like Josh Dix played in it last year. And Wisconsin players have played in that. I know Iowa State is one of the co- one of the colleges among many that are going to be attending. I know Chapman will be there. And I'm assuming a lot of those big powerhouse programs will be there, or at least have one representative. So, uh, obviously, he plays for D1 Minnesota, a very talented team. Two of the kids that are coming in for Iowa State, King and Lipsy, mm-hmm. played for that program last year. So they have a good for the uh, good awareness of that program and a good relationship, not only with the high school coaches in Minnesota, but the AU coaches as well. Uh, you mentioned Josh Dix. Uh, what uh, what will Hawkeye fans see out of him? Uh, yeah, a really talented player. I really felt bad for him getting hurt. Uh, I got a chance to see him at that Minnesota showcase last year. Went down to Council Bluffs last year for a big Adidas tournament was doing some writing for uh, the Iowa side on the rivals side. Um, really good kid. Really enjoyed talking to him, getting to know him a little bit. And then to see the injury, I know he was really excited about having a big senior season, hopefully getting Abraham Lincoln back to the state tournament. So very sad to see that, but you know, hopefully uh, he's close to hundred percent because I think he's a talented player and definitely will be a, I think, a great fit for Iowa. Obviously they lose some scoring, um, when you lose players like Keegan Murray and some other uh, experienced players like Bohan. And so I think he has a chance to pro- provide a hundred percent step in and, you know, play, you know, fairly significant minutes early in his career. Ben Johnson is going into a second year there at Minnesota. Uh, knew him from his days at UNI as an assistant coach. It was a tough year in year number one. The Big Ten was incredibly difficult after that after that good start that they got off to. Looking forward, uh, what kind of program is he looking to build, and and how difficult do you believe it's going to be to be successful with the Gophers? Well, he got the job late last year. Like I said, Minnesota unfortunately has not done a great job before he got here of recruiting the in-state players. If you look at Patino, he had two runs where he recruited some Minnesota players, Daniel Arturo. Uh, who was drafted in the second round of the NBA draft, uh, and Amir Coffey were part of a recruiting class. Coffey has developed into a very nice player with um, the with the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, and then they got Michael Hurt, uh, who they were hoping to maybe spin into getting Matthew Hurt, of course, went to Duke. But they didn't keep a lot of the in-state players. You can look at all the successful players who played at Minnesota. They've had five McDonald's All-Americans the last three years. None of those players went to Minnesota, although Dawson Garcia... We started Marquette, then was at North Carolina last year, and we'll play for Minnesota this year. But getting those top players, you know, I think is going to be important. They got three very good players who were Minnesota kids last year. Josh Oluwa Joseph, who actually went to prep school in Arizona last year. Pharrell Payne, a 6'8", 6'9", shot blocker, very good defender uh, from Park of Cottage Grove. And then they got maybe the best senior, at least uh, one one of the Mr. Basketball Awards, Brandon Carrington, who's – Team Park Center won the 4A, which is the biggest high school class here. Skate gentleman, really good shooter. They added a couple of transfers, like I mentioned with Garcia. They had a uh, uh, starting uh, point guard from Murray State, who they think could help them. They got a, a guard from Dartmouth, who, uh, because of the Ivy League not allowing a fifth year, uh, because of the COVID year, he got an extra year. He's coming. He'll, he can kind of play both guard spots. So they're going to be a very young team. They had a couple of key players back those. Uh, Jamison Battle, who is their leading scorer, but still are, are kind of relatively young. And like I said, a lot of new pieces on the puzzle. But I think the recruiting is going to be big. And uh, it's so weird with the transfer portal. I was talking to Bowden Kapke, a kid that Iowa had been looking at. You know, he's kind of up in the air because a lot of the schools he was looking at have used that transfer portal. 
and they're not totally sure, you know, if certain players going to come back for another year or who knows. So he, he's kind of trying to decide what to do. So I think it's a big year. You mentioned the strong start. They got up to a 9-1 start. I remember some of the radio stations, some of the predictions by bracketologists were saying they're going to be 11th seed, which I thought was the craziest thing ever. It's like, okay, they overachieved, but uh, and beat Mississippi State, and they beat you know some decent teams, but they played some you know weak teams in the non-conference, and that was just crazy talk. And maybe that was, unfortunately, bad in the way, because I think it got people's expectations a little maybe too high. But they were competitive in a lot of games. They did get blown out in a few games. But I think this is a big year. They want to make that next step, you know, be a competitive team in the conference. I don't know if they're an NCAA tournament team, but they have plenty of talent. They have Parker Fox, who is a Division II first-team All-American at Northern State. Unfortunately, he suffered a torn ACL. He'll be back. He, I think, could be a big impact for, player for that team. So I think, you know, making another year of progress and getting some of those top players like Jason Chapman, Nolan Winter, who lives in Lakeville, where I live, his father and mother, both attend the University of Minnesota. Trevor Winter played briefly one game in the NBA with the Timberwolves. His mom was a volleyball player. Uh, getting those players, I think, would be big. So a very big year, I think, for Ben Johnson and his staff. We've got like two or three minutes left with you here, Chris. One, one, before we get into uh, to Keegan, what you're hearing on him, A.J. Green, it's kind of our thought that he's a fringe pro at 22 years of age. He would be a fringe pro at 23 years of age. Why not uh, get out in front of that 23rd birthday of his? It's, it's, it's such a big, big factor uh, in the NBA. Is that what you see it as far as his, um, uh, his decision to turn pro? Was that as big a factor as maybe anything? Yeah, probably. I mean, I, I look. I like to think I'm good at looking at things in both ways. You know, if he stayed in Northern Iowa, would I have been negative towards the kid? Of course not. You know, he probably would end his career as maybe Northern Iowa's all-time leading scorer. You know, they've had great success, obviously, when he's been healthy. Uh, he's been Missouri Conference uh, Player of the Year twice. Uh, if he would transfer to Iowa State and played for his dad, uh, I would love that. That would have been great to see father and son. Uh, I remember interviewing him when he was a high school player and, and talking to him. And, you know, he had opportunities in Kansas and Iowa, a lot of big schools, but wanted to play in Northern Iowa. And like I said, for the opportunity to play in the pros, it's hard for me to tell him no. I mean, is he going to be a first-round pick? Probably not. Uh, does he definitely get drafted? I think so. I think t- some team is going to look at his skill level. But again, the NBA, even second-rounders, it's hard to make the league. So we'll see. But I think he has that skills, especially the three-point shooting ability to score. Uh, some other things. He knows the game, obviously, with his father being around the game for so long. Um, so, you know, I'm never going to tell him he shouldn't do that. You know, I would have loved to have seen him maybe skate one more year in college. To be honest, I feel like there's a lot of kids that, you know, I always feel would benefit from one more year. But, again, the opportunity to, to, to get paid. And you mentioned the age. It's, I, a lot of NBA people, unfortunately, look at your age and want younger players and figure they have more of an upside. So can't really begrudge him for making the decision that he did. Keegan Murray, as he gets ready to hear his name called in the lottery, a lot of love to the Pistons, seen plenty of mock drafts there. What are you hearing right now on Keegan and ultimately what his de- destination is going to be come draft day? Yeah, I think he definitely goes somewhere in the top five, six. You know, a player who really improved a lot from his freshman and sophomore year. He's been a player I've always liked because he's really worked hard in his game. I actually went to Western Illinois University for my master's, and they were the only team that really actually offered him, as far as I remember, mm-hmm. back in the day, before he kind of blew up and went to a prep school in Florida. So, obviously, he's been a player who went from that level, and I know even at Iowa, I know there's some people questioning, you know, Brad McCaffrey and his staff, thinking, hey, is he really good enough for the big time? And 
obviously showed that he had. So I think the, his skills at 6'8", you know, can play the four, the three spot, especially in the NBA where it's kind of almost become a positionless game. But I think the strides he made this year, you know, I think he'll continue to improve. I know Detroit is a team that gets mentioned a lot with him. Sacramento possibly with the fourth pick, but I definitely expect him to go in that top six, seven range. Chris Monter, Chris, uh, great stuff. We will impose on you on either draft day or the day before, whatever uh, ever your schedule allows. Chris, thanks for doing this. Appreciate it as always. Yeah, I hear you're having some issues for the air conditioning. Yeah. Keep cool. I know it's going to be 100 here in Minnesota. Oh. I'm going to try and keep cool myself. Good stuff. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate you coming on. Have a great day. Good to hear from you. Chris Monter, uh, good stuff uh, uh, out of Chris. Didn't know that. Got his master's in Western Illinois. And I was told at the time, I've told you this before, when he got when Chris and Keegan got the Western yeah. Illinois offer, Scout told me, it's a little bit of a stretch. <laughs> yeah. It's a, a gamble. A bad Summit League team. Oh, my gosh. And now, one is going to be a top 5-6 draft pick. The other... AP on his way to the NBA next year. Uh, we'll take our final time out of our number one, Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Supply. It's Florida. Five before 11, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller, our number two. John Cannon uh, will opine with Trent and I. Is the NBA, we got one game left or two? We know it's either or. We're rooting for two, but uh, we shall see. John Cannon will help us out with that. And then Joe O'Donnell going to slide on in here, and we will uh, preview the uh, Stanley Cup final. Of course, uh, Joe saw the Lanch, what, four times in person, saw... Uh, Tampa twice, so he'll be a pretty good one to opine on what we can expect to see. And the Stanley Cup final begins tomorrow night where Tampa is the underdog. And you have Colorado. I'm all over Colorado. <laughs> and you're second-guessing yourself. I just, it's such a big edge in the goaltending department. That's really, is Darcy Kemper, who was here. Mm-hmm. Um, when was he here? A long time a ago. A decade? Yeah. yeah, about 10 years ago. Uh, so, um, he's big task in front of him. So, that's coming up in our number two. We mentioned the uh, uh, both football programs got some good news as far as upcoming uh, players to their programs. Iowa State picked off a couple of in-state recruits. Iowa went to the state of Florida and got a four-star running back. How do you say his last name? Rafael? Raphael? Raphael. I yeah, that's one we'll have to check on. Five eleven kid. Dolph will help us out when we get to that point, right? <laughs> Going to wait till then. Or Kakert on Friday. Yes, yeah, will help us out on that. But uh, Jamison Patton. Look, we talked to Nick Olson yesterday, and he kind of thought that that this is how it was going to turn out mm-hmm. as far as in Iowa State's favorite for both of them. Ebel another another one and uh, Patton. Um, but he didn't think it was going to happen yesterday. I think both certainly Patton's recruit. Uh, commitment, rather, came sooner than anybody thought. Well, and you look at the recruitment of Jamison Patton. When he made the decision to leave Roosevelt and go to Hankety, J.J. Cole committed to Iowa State. Mm-hmm. A lot of Iowa State connections, obviously, with his dad. I think we could see the writing on the wall on that one. And that in itself, when you're talking about Iowa versus Iowa State recruiting, okay, makes some sense there. Cole, what the family connections, mm-hmm. Patton going there. And you have to th- figure the relationship that they have. We've heard about them you know, working out a lot together and, and out there on the field working together. Okay, that makes sense. But you got Cole. You got Patton. Last week, Kai Black makes a commitment. Yesterday, Cooper Ebel. These are guys that had both Iowa and Iowa State offers. And this is a rarity in recruiting where this many guys that have offers mm-hmm. from both schools. Usually you see one, maybe two guys a year 
that end up going to Iowa State. This is as big of a volume, I think, as we've seen in a long time that had an Iowa offer, yet are going to Iowa State. Is is the worm turning? Is there a change happening with these young guys? And and that is what you get into. Individually, all right, guy leaves, guy makes the decision to go to Iowa State. When you're talking about this volume, just something to keep an eye on at the very least here because you got to go back 20 years. Last time, this is early in Kirk's tenure, and he worked to change that very quickly, and he went out and hired Reese Morgan. And for all intents and purposes, Reese Morgan locked down the state of Iowa for what Iowa wanted for two decades. Well, Trent, half of the article that I talked about yesterday, the doc wrote, I don't mm-hmm. know if you've had a chance to uh, to read it yet. You're, I did, yeah. You, you did? Yep. Good. So, I mean, half of it's about Reese Morgan mm-hmm. and, and his impact uh, on in-state recruiting. Over It's a great piece at The Athletic if you're a subscriber. Um, doc, doc did a terrific job on that. So uh, here's the thing. Here's a question for me about the quarterback room in, in, in Ames. Rocco Breck. Mm-hmm. Cole's coming in. Mm-hmm. And they love Hunter Deckers. Yeah. Love him. Trent, everybody I talk to tells me that you're dead wrong on what you're talking when you're When you're looking at Iowa State's schedule and you think there's going to be a significant step backwards, you're wrong because it's not a step backwards. And we've heard when, when Mike and Waterloo says that, it goes in one ear and out the other, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. But when I'm hearing this from some people I respect that have you know, followed the game, covered the game, and aren't fans mm-hmm. of necessarily wearing the Cardinal and gold glasses, they love them. There's no doubt that the depth of this program is a lot better than it's ever been. And certainly a recent history. Maybe the 1970s is a different conversation when they're rolling at that time. But the depth that has been built up with recruiting classes. And in a way, you kind of look back at having that group coming back for the COVID year. There were some negatives that also went along Heard with those two. Heard those two. Infighting. Yep. Some guys getting to play by their own set of rules. Heard that too. That is gone. They, maybe just maybe Matt yeah. Campbell's getting his program completely back now. Yeah, no, I, I I've heard it, Trent. You're you're, you're spot on. Uh, hour number two coming up. We will start things off. Uh, well, we're, we're going to be all over the place. John Cannon, Joe O'Donnell, Trent's play of the day. Hour two. Miller and Condon, one hundred six point.